Good morning, Oak Grove. So the reason we're showing these um, videos every Sunday is December is the month where we celebrate and we take up mission offerings for the International Mission Board. Um, the name behind it is Lottie Moon. She was a missionary in, in the 1900s. But uh, just so you understand, like, we, we give money to, to the, the Southern Baptist Convention, and it's spread throughout all the various places we'd want it to be spread to. They're all good things. But when you give money to the Lottie Moon mission offering, every dime of it goes on the field for missionaries. None of it's given to administrative costs. None of it's given to uh, marketing or anything like that. It's all for missions. And um, I was talking to one of my friends who's overseas right now last week, and he had an emergency back surgery. And he's in a third world country. And if there wasn't the Lottie Moon mission offering, he would have had to come back. We would have had to figure out. We, we probably would have took up a love offering. He would have been off the field for months, yada, 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 until he got his back surgery. Within a week, he, Lottie Moon, they pulled from that fund. He had the back surgery. Um, apparently in that country, they had got pretty good surgeons because he's already back on his feet doing the work of the ministry. And that's because of giving to the Lottie Moon mission offering. So um, you're not going to get shaken down every time you come through the doors. We're not, you know, throwing papers at you, telling you to fill it out. But if you decide to give to the Lottie Moon mission offering, what I'm going to ask you to do is there's little envelopes on the back of the chairs. Just write Lottie Moon mission offering or something to that nature, and we'll get it there, okay? So let's pray, and we're going to dive in. God, thank you so much for letting us be together this morning. Um, Lord, we believe that the greatest issue facing the world is lostness. And God, I pray that you would use our missionaries at the tip of the spear to, to, to be that light in the darkness. God, and I pray on this side of the ocean that we would be thoroughly supportive in giving and in prayer to that effort. God, please open our eyes to your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, didn't the kids do an awesome job? So I am fully aware that you've just sat through a play, okay? But I'm also fully aware if we've got this many people in a room, somebody doesn't know Jesus. So we're going we're gonna to look at the gospel just for a few moments, and we'll, we'll go and, and have some lunch and, and high-five the kiddos for doing such a great job. So we are starting our new series for Christmas called God Among Us. And we'll be in John 3.16 if you want to go ahead and get there. We picked John 3.16 because it went with the play also like most of us know it. So in case you didn't bring your Bible, you're good to go. But Jesus on earth, Christmas is about God coming and being among us. The, the person of Christ putting on flesh and living here on earth. God was among us in the person of Jesus Christ. Right now, God is among us. We're told when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God transforms us and he gives us a new nature and he puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. So we, we are living and breathing and walking in the Christian faith with the Holy Spirit of God living in us. And then one day in the future, when God the Father makes all things right, we will be with God forever. We will literally, God will literally be among us 
for all of eternity. So we're, we're looking at God among us. And there's some things about our God. Maybe if, if you're not of the faith, you should know. Our God is a God who came to earth so that we would have eternal life. Our God is a God who desires to know his people. Our God is a God who desires for his people not to be separated from him. Our God is a God who draws near to us. Our God is a God who is rich in love and mercy. And I love the Christmas season because Christmas is when we, we focus, we go from focusing on like the Bible as a, a wide, you know, story to the, the singular story of Christ coming to earth to save us from our sins. And here, if you think Christmas is about the manger, you've missed it. Christmas is about the cross. Christmas is about what Jesus came to earth to do, and that's to purchase salvation for a lost and dying world. So this morning, what I'm, my goal is that we would be clear about what the central claim of Christianity is, and that is Jesus, some, something's attacking me, that Jesus is the Son of God, God the Son. Jesus lived on earth for 33 years. He was perfect in all that he did. And in his perfection, and because he's God, he took on a cross and died for our sins so that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. That's the central claim of the gospel message. So let's look at our, let's look at our text, John 3, 16. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have eternal life. So here's the bad news. The world is perishing and you are too. Now it may not be the way you think it is, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. The world is perishing and you are too, but here's the good news. The good news is that there is a God who loves his creation. There's a God who loves people who made a way for us to be saved from perishing. So we're going to look at two things this morning. We're going to look at the problem, the problem of sin, and then we're going to look at God's solution. So we, we all know the story of the Bible, right? Genesis, God creates. And some of us treat that like that's a story, but that's literal history. So in Genesis, God creates the world. It's perfect. Everything he creates, what's he say after he creates it? It was nailed it. Everything he created was good. He then created man and he said something different. It's very good. He puts us in a garden and in the garden, God gives us a law. He gives us laws. And the law was to, 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 work, to work the garden. Also, we, we know this after the fact that there was some trees for some very specific reason God didn't want them to eat out of. We don't know much about these trees. There's a lot of speculation about the tree. Don't worry about speculating about the tree. We just know that God said, don't eat from the tree, right? And then how's that story go? They ate from the tree. Satan shows up and Satan, Satan in the form of a serpent says, did God really say? Well, 
we fast forward to the God in Genesis, God, uh, Genesis 3, and God, he's walking in the garden because God desires to be with the man that he created. He was walking with the gar- in the garden with us every day, but this day was different. Adam and Eve, they knew that they were sinful. They knew that they were naked in their sin. So they were hiding, and God calls out to them. He says, where are you? And Adam finally peeps up, and he goes, well, we were hiding we, 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 because we're naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? He's like, the serpent. Casting blame. But do you remember what they did? In order to make themselves right before God, what'd they do? They sowed for themselves fig leaves. And we'll call that garments of righteousness. Something that would make them feel presentable to God. Well, they weren't presentable. God, God curses them. He tells them, you know, ladies, y'all got the worst end of the stick on this thing. Uh, childbearing is going to be rough. It's going to hurt. And uh, toil is going to be hard. But not just that. Death was coming into the world now. And it's clear, we know by looking around the world that it's been appointed once for a man to die. The Bible tells us so. But as the story of the Bible progresses, what do we find out about this death? Is it just a physical death? It's a spiritual death. It's a death in hell. It's an eternal torment separated from the Father. From dust we've come and dust we'll return. But those of us who are wandering around in our own fig leaves of righteousness, trying to make ourselves presentable to the world, presentable to our friends, and presentable to God, that death is there and it's waiting for you. Our, our passage tells us that, that the Son of God came so that we would not perish One of the things about God is God is just. That's one of his attributes. That's one of the truths about God. And because we've sinned and because God is just, what's required is your punishment. God is perfect in love. God is perfect in power. God is perfect in all these things. But you got to know God is also perfect in his justice. God is perfect in his judgment, and God is perfect in his wrath. And God has made a perfect judgment and a perfect sentence and a perfect wrath to be poured out on those who have sinned against a perfect holy God, and that is a real place called hell. That is the perishing that the text is talking about. This is Jesus uh, Christ saying this himself. This perishing is the perishing of your soul forever. That's the problem with sin. But here's God's solution. God's solution for sin is his heart of love, and it's, it's the life of his son. The, the text tells us, for God so loved the world. First John tells us that God is love. God's solution for sin is not about us. God's solution for us not perishing is not about what you can do. 
It's not how smart you are. It's not how good you are. It's not about all the religious things you can do. It's not about how well you can dress yourself, how well you can clothe yourself in fig leaves. It's about God clothing you in his righteousness. That story in uh, Genesis, one of the things we pass right over is the first sacrifice in the Bible. Do y'all remember that? As, as they're being cursed, as the angels with the swords of fire are kicking them out of the garden, God clothes them in animal skin. God puts his clothes on them. That's what Jesus does. Jesus is the perfect lamb of God. We, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ because of the love that he has for us, we are no longer clothed with these fig leaves of righteousness of our pretending, but we're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when God looks at us, God does not see us in our sin. God does not see us in the punishment we deserve. Instead, when God looks at me and when God looks at you, if you're in Christ, you know what he sees? The righteousness of the Son of God. It's God's love that motivated him to act. Some, some people want to present Jesus Christ as if he's some sort of New Testament construct. Jesus Christ was there in the Old Testament. Jesus has always been there. You'll, you'll remember from John 1, what does it say about the Word? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Nothing was created apart from the Word. Then you fast forward a few verses and we find that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is God's creating agent. Jesus Christ is the word that God used to create the heavens and the earth. Jesus Christ is all powerful God in human flesh and he came to earth and he dwelt among us. And look, God... Nothing takes him by surprise. He knew the fall was coming. But in eternity past, the son decided, we know that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. Before anything was done, anything was created, anything started, Jesus raised his hand and said, I will redeem them out of your great love. This love that's being poured out to you, this love that's being offered to you, it's not a new love. It's not a love that started 2,000 years ago. It's an ancient love. And he decided before any of this ever started that he was willing to suffer and die in your place and in my place so that you could have eternal life. That's this God. That's this love that's being offered to us in Jesus. Not only does, does it go back backwards, but that love is going to continue for all of eternity because you've been purchased by his blood. God's solution for sin is not about us. God's solution for sin is about Jesus. It's about God and what God can do. Look at your texting again. You'll see, and whoever believes will have eternal life. Whoever believes will have eternal life. Whoever takes their salvation into their own hands is grabbing hold of their own condemnation. 
But whoever trusts and puts their faith in Jesus, they will not perish, but they will have eternal life. God came to be among us to save us. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is the son of God, given out of God's love. Jesus was, be, was given because we've sinned. And because we've sinned, we will perish. Because we've sinned, we are doomed. Because you've sinned, you are doomed. Jesus perished on the cross so that we would not have to perish in hell. Jesus substituted his life for ours. Jesus, the righteous lamb of God, gave up his life a lot of times we, we stop at verse 16, but if you have your Bible, I'm going to read it. But let's look at verse 17 and 18 just real quick because it tells us the only way that we can be saved. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. So that's not why Jesus came. He didn't come for our condemnation. It says, But in order that the world might be saved through him, it tells you God's desire for us is salvation. God's desire for you is eternal life. But look at verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. That is an absolute statement. If you believe in God, you are not condemned. If you believe in God, you will not have to taste the wrath of your sin. But there's a comma. But whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he's not believed in the Son of God. If you're sitting right here and you, you believe in Jesus, you're free, you're liberated. You're liberated from your sin and oppression. But if you're sitting right here and, and you've not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to understand what this text is saying. Condemnation for you is not something to be found one day. You are currently condemned because you have rejected Jesus. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. But the difference is you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his righteousness and what he's done for you. You are condemned currently. And one day when you die, when you go on the other side of the dirt and your soul goes to judgment, there you will be condemned again once and for all. There, there's no chance after that. I want you to understand what the children were doing this morning. It was a cute play. We clapped. They sang. But they were pleading with your soul. God was using that, that message and that story that they were doing to plead with your soul that you would believe. Because God understands what's coming. Brandon, he sang a song, and it, we, we as a church sang it together, and it was a declaration of the gospel. But that song, if you don't know Jesus, it's pleading for you to come. And right now I'm pleading with you to come. But I want you to understand this, this, this thing. If you choose to walk out of here and not choose to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible is definite. It's unequivocal that if you die apart from Jesus Christ, you will go to hell. But it also says this, if you put your faith in Jesus, you'll have eternal life and you will be saved. And you're not just saved from hell. We just stop there. 
you're saved in Christ to rule and reign with him forever as sons and daughters of the king. Jesus says, I go away in my, in my father's house. There are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would tell you. He's gone ahead of us to prepare a place that we would live and dine in the house of the king as sons and daughters of the king. Revelation tells us about, about reigning and judging over the angels. We're not, the, the salvation thing's not fire insurance. It's preparing us for the life to come. So if you will, bow your heads with me. I'm gonna be standing right up here. And the message is simple. The call is simple. Put your faith and trust in Jesus today. Brandon's going to lead us in a song. And look, I get it. It feels weird. It feels like you're going in the principal's office, like you're walking down front. If you don't feel comfortable coming and talking to me, somebody invited you, talk to them, they'll show their message with you. But I'm going to be standing here, and I would love to talk with you about what it means to put your faith and trust in Jesus.